My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip. Lisa and I watched the news tonight, and uh, it's depressing. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Should come live my, my, my neck of the woods. Okay, so, Ed, you're in Detroit. Yes. Which does riots well. I mean, it's one of your core competencies as a city. <laughs> you make light, you bastard, you. Yes. yes. And uh, and so how is Detroit doing during the riot season? Actually, I am proud to say that uh, things have gone well here, especially in comparison to other cities. And they, they, there haven't been a lot of uh, looting or there hasn't been a lot of looting or breaking of glass. And the, the police chief got out front of it and he just told everybody, you know, hey, that's that's not we don't mind peaceful protests we support your protests mm-hmm. what we don't support are vig- is vigilanteism you know yeah. and the destruction of property and we you know i think this city learned that from the 67 riots that why when you burn down your own neighborhood nobody wins right. i was just gonna say i bet they did to some degree absolutely I think they, yeah zip how is worcester massachusetts uh you know it was pretty marginal because it wasn't that big a crowd but they managed to you know break a couple of windows and storefronts not too bad they were uh, oh. worried again about tonight but yeah i thought we'll it'd see. be worse there oh, see what I did. one thing uh you can count on in america is that people will give up and lose interest well i don't sure. think it it helps with wall-to-wall coverage i mean you know all they do is bounce around it's like you, play you know, by play i think you know? you're on to something there because for the last 10 years or so we've been trained to do stuff and go, how many likes did I get? How many people saw it? <laughs> and true. so the, the very coolness of getting on TV, look at me, that's the rubber bullet hitting off the side of my head. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> look, Ma, no hands yeah. and cuffs. Yeah. Oh. What do you think of rubber bullets? I, I, I didn't. They got a hurt like hell from what I hear. They got it. Yeah. Because you're still using powder to get them there. I don't think it's compressed gas. Do you think that part of the, I don't know what's going on, but do you think that the, if I'm a policeman and I've been trained in all this stuff mm-hmm. and I never got to actually use it, is there a part of me that goes like, all right, you know, make my day. I got or, my Tommy 7 gun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is there a part yeah. of me that wants to, like, I got all this gear, I've trained for years. And if, if let's say I'm a really good cop, but if people get like I'm remembering my training, and if they do certain things, I'm going to do certain things. That's how it works, and right? That's you're supposed to fall back on your training, exactly yeah. right. But if the training is lax, that's where the the uh, the bedlam ensues. Right. That and if I'm a bad cop, the, which there are, you know, and there, it's not the majority. It's I was the, fired the from the mall. And I said, yeah. I'll show you. To, I'll go to police academy. It's so strange because the guys in high school that like the bust heads on weekend, the water polo team guys, yeah. the, the, they were they were bullies basically. They, to a man, almost all became city policemen in my hometown. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember as a teenager being pulled over. We were in the back of a van, and this guy just decided he would pull us over for no reason whatsoever. But he was just this big older guy with a chip on his shoulder. And he just started hauling kids out of the back of the, 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 the van and throwing them on the pavement. And I said, oh, so this is as commonplace as, 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 as I've read about. He says, I'll take you to a commonplace and beat your effing ass, you little jerk. Now right. stand over there. Yeah. So let me, let me make an analogy and see if this 
makes the conversation a little less scary uh, or more. Mm-hmm. I often wondered this about the NFL. I mean, you got these guys and their job on the field is to essentially be thugs and take land from the other side, right? Metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking. And yeah. they need to do it with brute force. And, you know, they are essentially playing war. They're playing... They're gladiators. T- they're gladiators yes, playing gladiators. tribal attack, right? Yep. So, and, and, you know, and of course they have a lot of problems with NFL players. They, you know, they don't know how to control their aggressions and their emotions. And I'm putting that very mildly as if we were doing a children's program tonight. Roid rage is involved. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the roids. Do they still do Mm -hmm. roids? I thought that was all eliminated by testing. (laughs) 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 It is, Bob. It is. Yes. And pigs can fly. Kumbaya, my lord. My lord. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Oh, roid. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Okay. So... Is there a, like, for example, to be a police officer, mm-hmm. you have to want to keep law and order. You have to, I mean, you have to be, you have to be able to turn on that aggression when you need it, right? That Of course. I could never be a police officer. Uh, you know, fate. at your age or earlier in oh, life? Oh, at any I time mean. in my life. Well, <laughs> earlier because I was mostly a criminal, but. <laughs> <laughs> you were the guy stealing the powder out of the, out of the no, property room. For, for getting the, uh, you know, the uh, substance abuse and, and, the, yes. and the various things that would have kept me off the force. Thank you, Jesus. But I, um, no, I, I'm, I'm just not an angry person. I'm a pacifist. I don't think. You are. I, I mean, you can have a peaceful officer. You can certainly yeah. have a, uh, and there's, I, I'm sure there's lots of fantastic police officers. Mm-hmm. There are. But if you're a police officer and the you-know-what hits the fan, mm-hmm. you're a warrior, right? Well, you, well, the sidearm makes you that way, but hopefully you, you still fall back on your training. Right. The training is what's supposed to give you the judgment of when and where to use it. Which, yeah, right. but the problem is that some, t- some never run into that ever in their career. And so there is no real practice field for those warriors, unlike the NFL. Mm. So, I mean, it's, it's fight or flight, and how do you handle that? You fall back on your training. Well, you really haven't pressed that training into practice in, pr- in a practical application at all much, you know, okay. unless you're a New York cop. But, so it's, it's dicey. And, in other words, you may not get... Uh, you may not get tested on your training for a and long when time. You, yeah. And when you do, you're inexperienced. I mean, yes, a, a, a kid in, in driving school knows the rules of the road, but you hand him the keys and he may or may not bounce it off a curb or hit something or not know the, the brakes and when to apply them properly and, and pile into the car ahead. So, you know, humans are humans. Human error is there. Yeah, and human aggression is there when it's when buttons are pressed. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the other thing, I think there's such a vast difference between a suburban cop and somebody that, you know, patrols urban streets. And when yeah. you have a steady diet of, you know, any car you pull over, you, you know, you, you could be facing a 357. You never right. really know. You're easily then, outgunned. Yeah, you're absolutely right. right. In fact, in Vermont, if you're a cop and you pull over a car, odds are one in three you dated the sister of somebody in the car. <laughs> Bob, you just 
took you just stole all of the serious and earnest thunder out of Zip's. Well, bit. but I mean, and by the way, there's a reason in a rural. Uh, rural riots don't happen. I don't, and rural looting doesn't happen. When you think about it, where I live, smash the store window and grab a bunch of stuff. The town isn't even going to wake up. No, and they're and they're going to make off with rakes and tractors. Uh, if you if you're lucky and you smash the right window, no. But what I'm saying is that, um, in other words, where they're doing it is the most dangerous place to do it. And uh, around here, everybody kind of knows everybody. I was shocked by that when I moved up here to a little, uh, you know. Um, little Bighorn. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of little towns around here. Proctorsville, Cockeysville, Perkinsville, Weathersfield, Escutney, Springfield, Chester. Chester! Make a bad mm. Johnny Cash song. I'll yeah, and in all these little towns, if... You're in one of the towns and you meet someone and you start having a conversation. They go, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. I go, oh, yeah, that, that's the mayor's son? Oh, I didn't know that, that the mayor was his father. And then you go, yeah, and they used to own a dairy farm. And uh, you know, they have this other son who plays guitar. He just moved to Nashville. Oh, that dude, I saw him play. He's really awesome. And next thing you know, even if I've only lived here five years, I know everybody. So, <laughs> So the thought of riots and demonstrate first off people wouldn't demonstrate around here because they kind of believe that your politics is your own business in the sub in the rural areas like there might be a guy with a bernie sign you know and across the street from him is a guy who's got one of those lifts you know those things you raise to work on telephone poles what are those called bucket truck a bucket truck yeah yeah. guy's got a bucket truck and there's a big hillary for prison on one side and trump on the other (laughs) hillary for prison (laughs) and these two guys they have to work together right because one of them's the electrician and one of them's the plumber and so they don't talk about politics nor should they or fight about it but you know hey bob can you tell me where i can get one of these hillary for prison (laughs) hillary for prison yeah (laughs) You send me a couple of those. Oh, those are those were big signs. You know, it did occur to me that you know what's different about this particular rash of uprisings is that I think before social media, it would have been tougher to create oh, the yeah. yes, you know, Glare. the groundswell. Yes. You know what I mean? Social and, media is to these riots. What wind is to a brush fire in yeah, Southern California? Yeah. Ooh, it hops ooh. from town to town, and it's instantaneous. You wordsmith, you. Uh, you I'm know, I all day. <laughs> <laughs> and little else to do. <laughs> the place to be for living. I love it out here. Oh, you should do a song for me in Green Acres. Uh, what would we call it? Um, not Green know. Acres. Bee acres, I don't know. Bees acres, yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, all right, but anyway, so we're all concerned about this, um, and and I said something really. Um, uh, what was the hesitant? Was, <laughs> no, I said something really. Um, I said a very curmudgeon type thing, and that the good news is that America will always f- like give up and f- lose interest and forget. It's yeah. like it's like our riots are like the weather in New England. If you don't like the riots, wait 15 minutes. 
I thought that a salient point, given the president's conduct yesterday. Right. But could it be that the time we're in now, where we are more divided than ever, yes, that this riot thing is kind of a pent-up thing? I think that with the disproportion of um, number of African Americans, disproportionate number of uh, African Americans that have been affected by the COVID pandemic, right. that's a I piece think, of it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that factors in in a huge way. And I'm in an 85% black city. Most of my neighbors yeah. are people of color, and you know, first of all, they were on the end, lower end of the socioeconomic scale with a lot less job opportunities anyway. And, and some of the, their grandparents were actually slaves. They we're not that far out. It's still a young country. Yeah. And uh, the, I just think that, it, yeah, I do think it was a, a gradual buildup. And I just saw, think this one video, that video is despicably, disgustingly, horrifically. It is the worst. Terrible to watch. He's got and this, the, the cop's got this smug, I'm the boss. I know. Uh, I know. Look on his face. But without social media, I mean, that, that, that crap went on all the time and goes on all the time, Bob. Yeah. But it, this just caught it. And thank God bless the 17-year-old girl who caught it. Was it a 17-year-old girl? From what I heard, yeah. Wow. And she, I wonder what she was thinking. Well, she was thinking she, she she did not like what she saw, and that you know, youth being was it what it is. You're you're really not afraid of a lot of things at times because right. you're invincible. You're going to live forever anyway. You don't see any issue, and and they're not going to pick on a 17 year old girl necessarily. So they they he may not have seen her filming. She may have been pinched in and had a steady hand. Yeah, I I just well, hope she wasn't thinking, "Wow, I'm going to get a lot of views." No way. I'm going to get more views than no, I've ever no. gotten. I think. It was on looking in horror, really. I'm quite there was a other people today, saying, get your, you know, get, your, get your knee off his neck. Yeah. The other thing that, that I think everybody is, is uh, really had it with is the lack of policing of the police as far as, I, I don't know how many uh, excessive force uh, cases had been reported. Wasn't it like 500 in, in, in Minneapolis? I mean, you know, not, not blunt. Uh, I don't know how they, they keep paperwork on it. But there were, you know, I, I think it was just widely um, known. Yeah, yes. known, and, and, and it was just quote neck compression. You're not supposed thing. to. Yeah, you're not supposed to do this, but you know, he had to subdue the guy. What am I going to do? You know that right. kind of thing. Yeah. That's know. called the blue code, and it's really right, not right. helpful. Right. So in Detroit tonight, you're going to have some riots. Not necessarily. No, either the mayor has called a curfew, and they and they violated it by about 20 minutes last night. Um, uh, over on Michigan Avenue. And then uh, even the reporters, they said, you know, the police came out, the, the guards said, look, you're 20 minutes past, you guys. Get Rally up, go home. Go home. Come back to fight a peaceful one the other day. But there's there's been a curfew, you know. So it's working laid in down. Detroit. Then. It is, oh, yeah. That's good. That is good. I, um, I read something in the Wall Street Journal today, and I subscribed to the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. Because I want my fake news from three different perspectives. <laughs> you know, with you, I know you're kidding. But when the station, when I go in the morning, and I hear Russian talking about fake news. He's not kidding. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, I mean, Rush, would, Rush would read the Wall Street Journal because that's a conservative paper, right? Yes. Go ahead. Well, something in the Wall Street Journal, it, it, lately I've caught them being fairly honest 
about a few things. They're, they're, that's jealousy of the New York Times. Well. Maybe. Uh, but they were being honest about all of the different factions that are involved in these protests. There are yes. the peaceful protesters. Antifa. Uh, and they basically said, you know, there are general anarchists who have no political affiliation whatsoever. Indeed, and then they have a far left and far right Far groups. right, both sides. And they true. said all of them are participating. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a weird way, it's bringing America together. In a weird way, it's also hijacking the actual justice movement. Okay. I wanted you to laugh a little there at how absurd that <laughs> statement was. Not take me completely seriously, but you see what I'm saying? I'm too pissed off. No, the skinheads and yes. the Antifa are like, dude, this is just such a great riot. I had to come. I know. Who are you against? It, I'm not it sure. Is an, <laughs> it is an event for some youth. And, you know, and then you got the anarchists who are like, dude, we're at every riot because we were black and we break windows. And as soon as it's dark and you can break windows and get on TV, we're there. Yeah. Uh, but nobody's, none of the rioters have declared a cause. The peaceful protesters have a cause. Yes. As far as I can see. I never heard of Antifa until now. Do you know anything about them? Uh, Anti-fascist group, I believe, uh, started in the 20s, came to prominence in the 40s, and then kind of went away after When the you say wars. the 20s, you mean 100 years ago, because we're in the 20s the, yeah, now, right? Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Wow. But does it exist? I mean, do they have yeah. meetings? Do they wear yeah, a particular yeah, kind of clothing in the woods when they're making uh, a fire at night? How not we... to the extent that the president would have us believe. No, okay. that's the conspiracy theory. I mean, do you know anybody in Antifa? I don't know anybody who knows anybody who knows anybody who's in Antifa. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure even the mafia is still in existence more than this. Hey, you let Antifa come see us. <laughs> well, Antifa them up, sons of bitches. Uh, Tony Soprano, my favorite. Tony, you'd get out there. You'd, you'd bust a few noses. You'd take Listen, care. Listen, nose is my ass. You take out kneecaps for these guys. You don't fool around. First of all, you put a cop in the trunk, they don't come back. Back seat, better yet, sunny day, stinks to high heaven. I would love to see an episode of The Sopranos where it occurs during a pandemic. <laughs> Tony has to, like, shut down the strip club and the meat. Carmella, where you going? <laughs> Jesus, you know you're younger than me. Go get me some gabagoo. I need a sandwich away. <laughs> I'm in the zone. I'm over 60. I'm going to die. Right. It would be such a pain. Does the mafia exist anymore? Like, the, like <laughs> would you? Or do we just have money launderers who wink at each other that are the mafia of modern day and the, and the old Italian mafia doesn't exist? Well, you asked me that question. The reason I'm most glad is because I know where you live. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get a straight answer out of you. A person impersonating Tony Soprano. <laughs> there was a little Regis Philbin leaking into James yeah, Gandolfini. Oh, come on. I'm not even the close, for God's sake. I speak twice the speed of that guy. At least I can string a sentence together without drooling in my lap. What the fuck? How did he get in here? This is my gig. All right. I love the heavy breathing. So they're all there, all the, all the factions, all the far left, the far right, oh, and the dear. general screw up, uh, the people who just want anarchy. 
Oh, man. Anarchy, such a long <laughs> word. Everyone is so untrue. Mm. Uh, All right. Uh, something I uh, something I read today got me a little irritated uh, about the CDC, which is the Centers for Disease, Disease Control. Control. Yeah. And and I have to admit, this is an article that is a week old. And I saw the clickbait news headlines from when this research came out, mm-hmm. but I didn't delve in deep because I've been doing, like some of you, I've been sort of just t- tuning it out, yeah. all the coronavirus stuff, because, yeah. He's, I was not tuning out the riots. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, dust it out. in the future, they'll, cable news uh, fonts and chirons will be on our inside of our retinas there'll be a scroll yeah. screen going on the, on the glasses anyway <laughs> the retina is a little far for even me yeah Bob. do you know that the producers of black mirror had to take a break because that intense did you hear about this they they actually I, I had, had read something yeah they had to take a break because their shit is coming true too fast we have to think a little crazier yeah, the chips and the embedded chips just came out. But all of the all the plot lines for their crazy technology messes with society episodes are all coming true so fast that they need to work harder, or it won't be science fiction anyway. So the CDC seven eight days ago has come out with new information. It's the current quote. Best estimate. Best case scenario. Now, as as former radio guys, do you remember <laughs> what the ratings were called? The ratings were called uh, average quarter hour and time spent listening. What do you mean? Average quarter hour, time spent listening, and the Arbitron book was radio listening estimates. It said it estimates, right on the cover. Yeah. Yes. If you remember that. So I know what estimates are. Estimates mm. always come with some sort of a purpose. Disclo- disco. A disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, so their best estimates for the fatality rate amongst Americans with COVID-19 symptoms is 0.4%. That's the best estimate. That's what they say now. And it used to be at over 1%. Now, question, Bob. Yes. Was this before or after the protests? Uh, this is the 25th, so I think this is before the protests. Okay, so here's where the variable comes into your mean. Um, with all of these public gatherings in cities all across America, some people are wearing masks, some aren't. I'm seeing police that, that yes, are yes, embracing yes. the community, people embracing each other. The, the, the six-foot rule is, is, is basically been thrown out the window. Oh, yeah. I mean, here in Detroit, God bless the police. They were handing Actually, out the PPE. Actually, and the protesters thrown out the window, too. So, yeah. everything. Yes. But, but this is different, Ed. So, I'm talking about fatality rate, not yes. the uh, infection rate. I mean, more people are going to get infected, and the death toll is going to go up, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so you're saying as a whole, whoever gets the disease, this, this, okay, this factor doesn't yeah. really matter. And here's, what's, here's why this is really crazy. Because when COVID-19 first came out, they were using a thing called the case fatality rate. And the case fatality rate was, based on the number of positive testing people, how many people died. And it was at, you know, at various times, 
percent, 10%, 15% in Europe in some places. Mm-hmm. And scientists would always add a disclaimer that said, of course, that number is way too high because we don't test for shit and we don't know how many people actually have the disease. So, Nor do I want them to take the test. Yes. <laughs> but now we've tested a lot more people. And there are two terms. There's IFR and CFR. Do you know what they are? The, the acronyms are us meaning IFR. Give me the other one. IFR and CFR. And you need to know these, and everybody listening to this podcast, you're going to actually learn something here that you won't hear on cable news because they're too busy (laughs) blaming the other side, whichever channel you're watching. Thanks, Don Lemon. So do you know what IFR and CFR are? Infrared and, uh, I don't know. No, IFR is actually flying in the clouds, which is what Kobe uh, Bryant's helicopter pilot did. (laughs) Incidents from, I don't know. Okay, so the case fatality rate is CFR. CFR. Right. And that was that scary number that you kept hearing based on how many people would die next to how many people got tested. Okay. IFR is the infection fatality rate. So, for example, uh, if you go to a country that's already had a lot of this and you do a random test of 10,000 people with or without symptoms, just a random test of the population, mm-hmm. you'll find out what percentage of the people were infected and what percentage of those croaked. And this has been done in a couple of places. Uh, there's one particular area of New York where it was done. Uh, it's been done in Iceland. It was done on a cruise ship. And they come up with varying uh, degrees of death, but... It's obviously much less. Oh, oh, Mr. Carter, question, Mr. Carter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the different. Please explain to me the difference between the case fatality rate and infection. So the case fatality, fatality rate. rate is if you're te- if you test positive, you've you're yes. a case in okay. the medical system. The infection fatality rate takes into account all the people Gen- who never went in the medical system, the asymptomatic Gen-pop. people, the general population. Okay. And as it turns out, the the, uh, CDC is now saying that up to 35% of infections are asymptomatic. 35%. Don't even get the sniffles. That means the total number of infections is more than 50% larger than the number of symptomatic cases. Which implies, if that's the case, the IFR would be between 0.2 and 0.3%. The infection fatality rate. Do you know what the infection fatality rate for the flu is? It's like it's point something. Isn't it's it? point one. So now they're saying, eh, turns out it might be two or three times as bad as a bad flu. That's just like the flu. It'll go away. We don't need a vaccine. <laughs> Gonna go away one day like magic without a vaccine. And I tell you this now because this news has not sunk in or been reported by anybody. No. And... It's just an estimate that the CDC is using for guidance now. And estimates your, your usually, actual death rate may vary. Yes. Estimates usually have a purpose. Like the estimates for radio are to make mm-hmm. people buy ads for radio and convince That's you that lots of people are listening. That's correct. Could the CDC estimate be put out to get America back to work and help our economy? Ooh. 
Would a government Wait. agency want to help our economy? Knock me over with a feather. Yes, so. <laughs> I don't know. And this thing, this drove me nuts, by the way. Yeah. Uh, one glaring problem. I'm reading this on a, a great website called reason.com, which sounds like a reasonable place to read about anything. Uh, and they put a lot of points of view out. One glaring problem with the worst case scenarios is the counterfactual assumption that people will carry on as usual in the face of a pandemic. In other words, the original, uh, the original thing that came out of England that predicted the United States could see up to 2.2 million deaths without aggressive control measures was based on, it's from the Imperial College of London, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was based on the idea that we would do nothing. That we would like go, well, did you see a half million dollar people died this week, Marge? Yeah, that's okay. Let's go to the dance anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got great tickets to a Neil Diamond tribute band. We're going, <laughs> goddammit. Yeah. Yeah, I've but we been lost. to Hollywood. <laughs> I've been to Deadwood. Redwood, you idiot. In other words, like, if, you know, we were going with six people, three of them are dead, but let's put them on the shoes. <laughs> Strap him to the roof, Junior. Does this dress make me look fat? No. The fat makes you look fat. <laughs> Thank you for that obvious uh, thing. So, in other words, all of this, all of this information we're being fed is all estimated, tainted, tainted, and none of it is particularly accurate. And if you look at the raw data. Mm-hmm. Uh, the raw data can be off based on the accuracy of antibody tests. And how is the extrapolation happening? Is this is this uh, computer not, uh, AI that's that's doing this? Uh, well, this look, people? these are scientists doing what scientists do, and I don't want to totally put it down because gathering lots of data, pulling yeah. it together, and coming up with your best estimates of where we are is how science evolves. In other words, Everybody this is a normal does, yeah. process. Yeah. I would say in five to ten years, we're going to know this thing inside and out. Yeah, good timing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, and so the CDC, what they are saying is this is two or three times the worst flu. Now, even that, that accurate statement of a number and a fact is misleading. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because when it comes to the flu, a lot of us got a strain. Rhymes with I can't get no vaccination. Vaccination. Yes. Okay. So I do every year, but it doesn't necessarily catch the right strain. It doesn't. But there is some immunity in our population. To other strains. Yes. There's no immunity uh, for COVID-19 yet. None. And so uh, even if it's two or three times as bad as the flu, it might be five or six times as bad when it comes to the number of people it kills. So, and I'm fascinated about that. I've always wondered about the death rate from mm. ev- even when it was just starting in China. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I used to look at the numbers and I would go, China, the death toll is like 3,000 people and they have 1.5 billion people. Billion. Yeah. And I was thinking, and why do we need to worry about this? I'm leaving that open, hanging in the air for anyone who wants to t- to take it. Well, it's our largest trading partner globally. 
No, no, no. Why do we need to like if China has 1.5 billion people? Yeah, and and such a small increment is infected. Yeah, I'm followed that. And such a small increment is infected, and a really small increment dies, yeah. based compared to any other illness. Then why is it such a big deal? Uh, and, and you know, I get it's because it spreads like wildfire. It's much more infectious than they initially thought. It's far more, more infectious, infectious, but more people have no symptoms. Right, are asymptomatic. Correct. Right. So, anyway, you know how many well, people the United States has? Have we all learned uh, this? Huh? Is it 350 million? 320 million. 20 million, I missed, sorry. China, 1.5 billion. Yeah. So, it, yeah. and how many total cases that they know of? Uh, well, the total cases in China, and by the way, people will say that you can't trust, trust China because they're a government that lies, in which case Donald Trump will say, hold my beer. <laughs> I know this was the right crowd for that joke. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, man. Oh, I could top that. No problem. <laughs> give me the podium. Give me the mic. Every, every country um, misrepresents or spins facts. Let's just, yes. let's just give you that. Yeah. Uh, but... I used to think that, you know, the United States is much more, you know, we wouldn't pirate stuff until Napster came along. Mm. So uh, here's what you got. Uh, total confirmed cases in the United States, 1.8 million, 108. We're still, we still have 1,500 people dying a day. Mm -hmm. That's like 9,000 a week. It's just incredible. Well, we're desensitized yeah. to the numbers. I think, you know, especially with the with the slight reopenings and now this crazy thing. Yeah. People are just have gotten away from it and the weather's and nice. And they're old people and they're poor people and they're black yeah. people. Who cares? And we do all have fatigue. Honey, what's the death toll? Look, you know what? I just stopped watching the death toll today. You know what it is? It's like charity fatigue to me. It's it's very much the yeah, same thing. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I do have China right in front of me, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's the best that money can buy. It's probably uh, well, Royal Dalton. <laughs> so number one in cases is the U.S. with 1.8 million. Number two is Brazil with half Brazil's a million. Yeah. Russia slightly below that, 423,000. The United Kingdom, for its smaller population size, 279,000 cases. Then you got Spain, Italy, India, France, Germany. Anyway, you have to keep... Scrolling down, remember the U.S. had 1.8 million cases with 320 million people. China had 84,000 cases with six times that population. Now, uh, did they underreport? Maybe, but, you know, nobody hid the body bags and nobody hid the uh, makeshift hospitals. And they took them down. When they're taking down the makeshift hospitals... You know that they're you know somewhat back to normal. Yeah. China's deaths. Uh, we had a hundred. What did I say? A hundred and seven thousand or something a few minutes ago. Yes, you did. China's total deaths. Mm -hmm. Four thousand six hundred thirty-eight. And yet the wet markets are still open. Oh, the wet. Well, this and this other thing. There's no proof that this came from the wet markets. I mean, no. I I do think they look disgusting, and I don't want to even ever see how meat is made, much less not get it in a cellophane package. Don't get me wrong. You'll never be a hunter. But I feel like like making their wet markets the boogeyman 
is an attack on their culture. I don't actually see any proof of it. And I've looked. I've talked to scientists about it. And, you know, I haven't actually. I just, you see what I just I did I was going to say, I, and I, I, I was going like to call was you on, on that Fox one, News And I just made it up. <laughs> yes. No. Our sources say, name a source! <laughs> my source was yeah. the inside of my ego. Okay. Uh, no, I haven't talked to a scientist about it, but I, I did a bunch of reading, and I, and I watched a bunch of exposés, and no one drew a line to the creation of a virus from the fact that there was wet markets. And incidentally, some of the worst conditions for slaughtering animals are here. Are Frank Perdue and his buddies. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not so sure it matters what kind of animal you're eating. I think that was seriously felt, and I could be wrong about that. Sleight of hand, is that what you're saying, Bob? I don't know, but anyway, so China... You know, China, if you bring, if you try to bring that up to any uh, person in America, the numbers won't matter to them because they don't really know anything about numbers. And all I know is it's all China's fault. <laughs> yes. That's why fault. I keep saying the word China. Even to a Chinese reporter, I blame her and say it's China. You know what? And you uh, know it. I have Lyme disease, so I should go to old Lyme, Connecticut and break some store windows and blame those people. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Lyme. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a gorgeous yeah. little town. But, uh, but you is. know what? They're florist. Yeah. Those are my flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I'm kidding, of course. I hope you all know I'm kidding. Okay. Oh my! Is there any? Have we made any any uh, progress on the on the Lyme disease tick thing? I mean, now, well, there's there is. Uh, thankfully, more research going on. It's, it's mainly a case of it being underfunded and under-researched because there's more money in not curing it. Of course, it's not sexy and it's not profitable. Well, so right now, if you have Lyme symptoms, they could be anything. Yeah, because so, they, they are very similar to so many other maladies. Yes. Yeah. So there are a million prescription drugs that already exist for this you know, right. hydro, hydrochloroquine, now, I don't know if that's one of those, but but the drugs You're that they the drugs that they tried on me were all made for other stuff, just like uh, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, uh, and the side effects are obvious. They were all antidepressants, anti seizure medications. One of them was an anti anxiety medication. Yes, and I took it, and I like a day or so Came later, exceedingly I, anxious. I felt right? pretty good, and I said. I wish I'd known these about these little poppers <laughs> all during my whole career. <laughs> what was it called, Bob? <laughs> uh, propranolol, if you must know. And it's taken yeah. for people that have stage fright. That's my sister has taken that. She actually used it for my brother's funeral. And nope. it works oh, like really? a charm. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. it's, like a, it's like a non-psychoactive Valium in the sense that yeah. you don't get high from it. You just don't even know why, but you're, you're just less afraid. Away. Just abates, yeah. yeah. I mean, less afraid. It's amazing I didn't stay on it. I wish I'd found that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Dorothy popping a few of those? Oh, yeah. uh, I'm Dorothy, and I, just to so you know, as an actress, I have all kinds of problems, but yeah. I have lots of pills in my pocket. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, but I don't care. <laughs> I might see my Dorothy always comes out sounding like Michael yeah. Jackson. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, the actress, the actress who played Dorothy, field. give me her name quickly. I can't who? remember her name now. Who? Whom? Yeah, Judy, Garland. Judy Garland. Judy Garland, right. Yeah. Didn't she like 
Didn't she battle oh. addiction? Well, they had her. They had her on because she was pumping out so many, so many films a day, particularly during the Andy Rooney period, whom they teamed her with. Right. MGM, I believe, was the uh, was the movie company, and they they just got her up and pumped her so full of barbiturates just so she could get her steps in and, and memorize them, get the get the shoot done. Then they'd you know take her back, put her down with a depressant to counteract the barbiturates, and that's what that's what messed her up. I mean, mm. she had, she and she died very early. It was very very tragically because yeah. she she had a, a access to a recorder i believe is real to real and if you want to google those tapes you you want to hear somebody who's who's damaged boy oh she no kidding she used to record mess. like a diary oh yes and and she would just go off on everybody wow. you know a lot of anger well the studio alcoholism ended up being i i could yeah. pull some of those tapes first. for our show on friday if you promise to learn every character from the wizard of oz <laughs> <laughs> hang on <laughs> I think he set his mouth. <laughs> Jack Haley. Oh, can. Oh, can. Oh, man. Oh, I've held that axe up for ages. How about Toto? Can you do Toto? <laughs> That's like Dr. Fauci doing Toto. <laughs> uh, how about Ray Bulger? One of the biggest discoveries I ever made from that film was what the what the guards are actually saying as they march into the witch's castle. Oh, which you will know. Da, da, very few. Da, yo, yo, no. yo, no. That's what I heard. But that's what what they were actually saying. The actual lyric uh, got lost in the muddle. If you were producing this, it would have been crystal clear, Bob. But okay. it, it was back in the day. They were actually saying, "Oh, we love the old one." Who was the witch? Oh, we love the old oh. one. Yes. Wow. Do you think she was banging them? <laughs> if she was, it was mighty dry. <laughs> and when you wake up with a green Johnson, oh man, that can't be fun. <laughs> if all you got is a witch, then the witch looks good. Oh man. Wow. Got 99 problems and a witch is now one. <laughs> all right. Wow. All right, we're coming down to our that last few minutes. That amusement ride came off the rails, I'll tell you. <laughs> Let's wow. feature some of Ed's incredible bits with the Universal Comedy Network. Uh, these are real Corona heroes or just a real American hero? This is a real American hero to those that go to the sky and away from the earth. This station presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today, we salute you, astronauts Bob and Doug. Astronauts Bob and Doug. While 2020 is kicking the rest of us where it hurts, the two of you decided to cram into a tin can and hurl yourselves into outer space. Inspiring. Now we don't need Russian space Ubers. You've taken social distancing to new heights. Hope you like pooping in a tube. Yeah. So when the world has got you down, know that somewhere out there, two men have boldly gone where the rest of us wish we could go. Off this planet. And now, the whole Earth can look up to these pioneers, literally. They're Astronauts Bob and Doug, real American heroes. Astronauts Bob and Doug. Still wish you had cooler names, though. <laughs> Good day, A. Yes, very nice. And that's where I thought you were going with that. Bob and the Doug McKenzie. McKenzie. Yeah. You could do a Bob and Doug McKenzie bit next week. Yeah, we could do that. I don't know who we get to do the Canadian accent, though, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So, uh, and, and that space launch was exciting uh, last week. Yeah. Man, was it high tech compared to the old shots, huh? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, like the old, the old one was a Volkswagen with a yeah. couple, <laughs> and a couple of booster <laughs> And this one is a Tesla. Is that yes. a surprise? No. Not to me. Elon Musk, by the way, one of his things is that he thinks we should quickly colonize Mars because of how badly we're screwing up this planet so fast. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, so, he should quickly leave California so the human did race they, could survive. Did they have any footage of the the booster rocket returning to the pad on the barge? I wanted to see that. They said it was successful. Oh, it detaches wow. and it lands itself on a barge. Ah, throw it in the ocean like we used to do in the good old days. <laughs> We interrupt this program uh, to show you some people throwing some bricks through the windows of an auto zone. Sorry you didn't get to see that. Miraculous. I sent you that video and you, you poo-pooed it. Like it was, oh, I saw the video, genuine. but when you sent it, it yeah. was speculated that that was a policeman setting that up. You saw that, yes. right? Yes, I did. And there's been no reporting about that. I think that was fake ah. Twitter. Mm. I don't, good, I, good gear. I mean, I know you can go to a police supply and get all of that stuff, but it was awfully good gear. He was right. Wearing. It was basically police riot gear. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, uh, one more bit, Ed. Uh, so mm -hmm. this, we should set this up. The story is, of course, that uh, President Trump the other night when there were protesters out at the White House, and this might have just been a drill, by the way. I, I You know, I'm... I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt, but mm -hmm. the president and his family at the White House were ushered into the underground bunker. Yes. That and is, he was mad that they found out. Oh, was he mad? And I have two thoughts about that. Uh -huh. uh, and you know me, I'm devil's advocate, so... Uh, uh, and schizophrenic, yeah. And, and claustrophobic. Well, so why do we even know about that? Well, I would suspect that somebody on the inside leaked that, Bob. Did someone have to set up the Wi-Fi so he could still tweet? Is that how it got out? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Hotspot to do his cell phone. Yeah. Uh, I'm his the IT guy for the White House. You'll never believe what I had to do today. So, okay, so that happened, and it, you know, it made the president look weak. And supposedly, he was really feeling bad about that. Yeah. Which is why he said the next night that he was going to go uh, and disperse protesters with rubber bullets and stand next to a church holding, holding a, Bible a Bible upside down. Awkwardly, yes. yeah. Yeah. And uh, it feels like that sort of backfired a little because a whole bunch of church oh, yeah. people today yeah, are... The Episcopal yeah, Bishop, Church went nuts. Yeah, yeah they're Bishop Buddy came out and just trashed them. But anyway, this is all about the bunker, and uh, it's a. Is this by the My Pillow guy? Is he making a new product for when you have to it, go with it? The... May be. I, I just think that with everything going on in the world, I just think it would be helpful to have an underground bunker to escape to. But if you could combine that with the other most comfortable <laughs> thing in your life, your binky, don't you think you'd a have a binky and a bunker? Product? Yes. Yeah. A, a blanket. That'd be awesome. Here we go. Things are crazy out there. I wish I had a fancy underground bunker like at the White House. You can have the next best thing. Introducing the Blunker. It's the blanket that's also a bunker. How's it work? It's simple. Whenever you feel the need to escape, simply curl up into a ball and cover yourself in the snugly soft safety of the Blunker. Wow, I feel better already. Once inside, you can read a book, enjoy a snack, even use your laptop while wrapped in warmth, far away from what appears to be the end of the world. I'm going to stay under the Blunker until this whole mess is over. 
in 2021. Use the Blunker to escape from global <laughs> pandemics, wide-scale rioting. It even gives you a sense of protection against murder hornets. They'd never think to sting me under here. Order now and get a second Blunker absolutely free. Give it to your spouse, cover your dog with it, or simply use two Blunkers for when things get even worse out there. What? The Blunker. Safety has never been so snuggly. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I used to uh, brought back childhood memories because we used to use blankets to make forts and hideouts. Oh gosh, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, even long, even longer than a a, a tablecloth. If you could put a blanket over over the dining room table, you you were you had someplace. Right, that was a fortress. All right, of solitude. So we're gonna we're gonna call it there, guys. I. Uh, I suggested playing this song last night with Spike and Joe, and Joe um, nixed it. He nixed it because it's too controversial. Uh, so Joe being whenever the something is too controversial and dangerous for that show, <laughs> it I, comes here. I run it by Tony Soprano. It ends up on this Tony? barge. I don't know. What are you playing now, Bob? Jesus. All you do is steal other people's songs. You still want to mine well, kick your ass. So in the political correctness age that we live in, yeah. a lot of our song parodies uh, that were made over the years would not fly. <laughs> that's true. That's one theory. The other theory is that we were very rude, stupid people to have made them in the first place. Hey, rude and stupid is my law firm. <laughs> so anyway, this is we did a song about Rodney King. Oof. I know. Should what I a sensitive new age guy you got there. I'm telling you, Zip, you choose him, all right. Should we play it or or not? Take the bet, leave the cannoli. <laughs> All right, and we shouldn't laugh because this is actually it's. Yeah, it's, that's what I mean. This I song know. is serious, serious commentary. Anyway, listen. If you don't like it, I'll edit it out. Here we go. All right. All right. Yo, in the car. Your left taillight is burned out. Please step away from the vehicle and lie face down in the street. Well, we all seen Rodney Kane getting. It makes me wonder Would they beat on me? I guess the cops needed Someone they could beat on If I was speeding Would they beat on me? I bet his wrist will always be swollen You can watch him whack his head right on TV And there will always be a tape in my VCR If I see a little Well, we all need someone we can put the blame on. And if you want to, baby, you can blame the LAPD or the GLP. Just don't blame me. Don't break my arms. Don't break my legs. Don't make my face look like scrambled eggs. 
God. My, my, the zeitgeist has changed. <laughs> well, why I like that uh, for, for playing today is that yes. it was the first one caught on video. Yeah. That, and that, that point was made last night very saliently on, on television. But that each medium, in the beginning it was newspaper, then it was you know, a radio, then television, then, then video. Now it's, now it's phones and, and, and body cams and all of that. But it will all, there will always be witness. And the more light you can shine, the better. Because this is, this is just got to, we got to get this in hand. And I truly believe you can laugh on the outside and cry on the inside. Most comedy does come from pain. Yeah. And the, the, mm-hmm. the joke that I'm reminded of from this one that always made me laugh on the outside was Jay Leno when he said, yeah, we've had a lot of rain here in L.A. recently. In fact, it was so wet here in L.A. Check this out. Rodney King was pulled over and beaten by the Coast Guard. <laughs> oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I laughed at that. But that was, yeah, that was an that actual piece. joke? That, he yeah. Told that? Oh, that yeah. was in his like monologue? I, say, the I felt all safe to laugh because it was Jay Leno. But That's right. Yeah. Wow. The new sugar color. Wow. But the truth is, it, it, it does hurt, and, and the way you deal with that, and that's the only reason I went into work as, as a comedian, because I really think that comedy is an essential service. Yes. Here, here. Hold on. I had a bell Don't for that get essential service plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Bob. guys. Uh, well, that's going to do it for uh, first edition of Bob and Zip with Ed Kelly this week. We'll catch you again on Friday. Thank you very much for listening. You know you can help us out on Patreon. No one has done that yet, by the way, because That's okay. the other show uh, has Be the first. grabbed yes. all the first people. Uh, but um, if, you, if you'd like to throw a few bucks into the hat, just go to patreon.com slash Bob Rivers or just search Bob Rivers on Patreon because I'm the, I'm the treasurer. <laughs> and CEO <laughs> and HR <laughs> and uh, it, actually I have I have a very good track record of taking care of people and you know not ripping them off unlike so- Tony Soprano who would get hey his- I never rip I borrow yeah. with interest I pay it back <laughs> sometimes posthumously that's right anyway patreon.com slash Bob Rivers or just search Bob Rivers on Patreon if you'd like to give us a few bucks if you want to email us show at bobandzip.com <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, any requests for voices you'd like Ed to do um, with a little notice I'm sure he'll work on it <laughs> call me alright any final words Money in real estate, you'll always have a lot, Bob. You knew that. Be Years kind ago. to one another. The world's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip.